Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to First Bite, our midweek Detroit Lions podcast. We are back here just three weeks away from the NFL draft. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the editor-in-chief over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. With me, as always, co-hosting First Bite is senior editor of, of, of Pride of Detroit, Ryan of Detroit. Pride of Detroit. Ryan Matthews is here at Ryan underscore POD. Ryan, how are we doing? I, I'm flattered that you would name the entire website after me. I really appreciate it. Um, but speaking of, of big names, let's get to our very special guest, huh? Yes, as always on our first bite, we like to bring in a guest. And uh, he is now one of the four-man wrecking crew over at The Athletic, uh, spe- specifically talking about the draft, which now includes Dane Brugler, our friend Nick Baumgartner, Nate Tice, and this man who had a fantastic article that we're going to talk about this entire podcast. It's Deontay Lee. Deontay, how you doing, man? Man, I'm glad to be here. I feel like I'm a broken record at this point because I've been saying all my thank yous and excited <laughs> to be here and all that stuff, man. But, you know, I'm obviously very, very blessed, very lucky, very fortunate to be in this position. And beyond that, man, I'm happy to be sharing this platform with you guys doing what I love to do most, which is talking about defensive guys, especially edge rushers. Yes, that that is the topic of the day, uh, because uh, I don't know if it was it, it felt like your your debut. I don't it was it your debut article for them. I guess you could. Yeah, this, this was definitely my my print debut. There. I had been on the athletic NFL show a few times with, with Robert. I, I had done a couple episodes with Nate as well on there, but um, this is my first time as the athletic employee properly um, putting anything out for the site. Yeah. Very and cool. it was a, it was a big one and, and one very much relevant to Detroit Lions fans needs. Uh, you're basically breaking down Kayvon Thibodeau versus Aiden Hutchinson versus uh, Trayvon Walker. And I thought it was, it was brilliantly done. So I want to, I want to get right into it and, I think the guy I want to talk about first is actually the guy that you kind of concluded was your number one guy. Also a, a guy that Dan Campbell just got done talking to me a ton about, which is Kayvon Thibodeau. And um, one thing I liked about your article is that you kind of took the character concerns off the table, right? Mm-hmm. Right off the board, because that's not something that it's not something that we can e- easily judge from afar, but I want to kind of, it seems that conversation has bled into his tape a little bit in that, yeah. you know, there, there are plays that he quote unquote takes off things like that. I, I kind of wanted your perspective on that. Is that something that you notice is, is a considerable problem or was it more like people are looking for issues to, to find in his tape now? Well, one of the reasons to answer your question, I'll kind of answer your question long windedly. One of the reasons why I took um, the quote unquote character concerns off the table when I was evaluating it is because if you step into somebody's tape with that preconceived notion, especially yeah. when it's like the reputation of, oh, does he play hard? You know, is he giving his best effort Then anything that's not a dead sprint on the field? You can start to file into, you know, this guy has effort issues. Yeah. Um, so I tried to look at it, you know, with this cleaner perspective as I could. And what I walked away with was not necessarily that 
he has effort issues or that he doesn't love the game. I do think that there are some plays where you can certainly look and see like, okay, if we're talking about an NFL standard of getting to the football in pursuit, um, finishing plays, et cetera, et cetera, there is definitely a higher level that I think that he can access. So to me, I think it's less about character issues and more about, and I think I kind of rounded out my analysis on him the same way in terms of like untapped potential. To me, it's not so much that he has an issue with his love for the game or what he gives to it as much as it is that you can watch him and very clearly see that there is an entire level or tier of play that he can access that he has not gotten to yet in his college career. And I think that that's maybe the thing that I lament the most about Thibodeau at this point. Yeah, and so you mentioned, you know, like right off the bat, uh, you can see how the players are ranked um, with – Thibodeau, Hutchinson, and Walker. And, and and one thing that sticks out is that you have Thibodeau ha- having the highest ceiling of any of those players. Um, specifically talk about, you know, what Thibodeau brings uh, to the NFL um, as his calling card. I mean, if you're talking about athletic prototypes, Thibodeau fits that. That's the start starting point that I go off of. And then when you're watching them, you know, for the reason why you would draft a pass rusher in the top five or top three, whatever the case may be, what you're looking for is like can't miss types of potential, right? At at that edge rusher type of position. And to be a can't miss prospect on the edge, you've got to be looking at top tier production as a pass rusher. I want to know that this guy can get to double digit sacks, you know, can, can at least reach that at least once, you know, while he's on his rookie deal to show that, you know, he can maybe continue to push forward and maybe get into to that all pro, if not defensive player of the year type of category at this position. Um, And when I watch him play, that's what I see, not necessarily in the production, the sack numbers, though I do think that his pressure numbers are pretty good when he's healthy. And I do think that we have to contextualize the second half of the season as him kind of working his way through an ankle injury. So that's something that I have to keep in mind as well. But when you watch like the way that he approaches the pa- being a pass rusher, I do think that he's honest when he says that he considers himself a, a cerebral player, and that's what you see on, on the field. You can see him trying to work these very intricate pass rush moves with his hands and his hips, and he's trying to work for very particular types of leverage and setting up one move to get to the next, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that what's actually going to help him is that when he gets to the league, I think that he'll be sitting in a defensive line room or outside linebacker's room with the coach that's going to say, hey, man, we're glad that you want to be this great hand fighting edge rusher but you're a four or five runner in the 40 you've got a great first step you've got great length you've got good bend you can change directions how about you just start tearing off up the field try to lower your pad level and you play with the power and the speed that you have and that'll be good enough so I actually think that there will be a lot of addition by subtraction when he gets to the league because I think that a proper edge coach and one that I'm not sure if he had it at Oregon will tell him like hey man all you need is your fastball Right. I always make analogies in football to other sports. And, you know, if you can throw 95 miles an hour, I don't really care how good, you know, how deep of a repertoire you have. I want to know that you can throw strikes with your 95 mile an hour pitch. And I think that once he really gets to focus in on that, we'll see him reach that ceiling. And that's why I have his potential number one when it comes to these three edge rushers that we're considering in this draft. That's really interesting because, you know, normally you think the opposite with a guy like, especially at the college level, like, you right. see guys just winning with the same move over and over again because they can out physical. They're, they're better athletes than most of the guys are going against on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. When they get to the next league, they need to develop those kind of secondary moves. Right. So, so you think in general, well, obviously a secondary move helps in, at the next level, but um, you think in general, like he can just succeed with that quick first step here. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's his best move. And that's the thing that I kind of lamented most in watching him is that like, I, I just don't feel like he accessed his best traits enough. And the game that I would say I would use as a reference point is when they played Cal this past year, when they played Berkeley, you can see in the second half, I don't know what happened between the first half and second half, but clearly something, somebody either got in his head or got in his ear, or he made a decision that he was just going to be a speed rusher. And you can see the way that things changed for him in that game as he went on, it was almost like a light bulb went off, which is like, oh, I can get my second foot in the ground before this guy can even get to the back of his pass set. I can win with speed every time. And then that started setting up all the secondary moves. So I'm not sure if he's maybe kind of overtrained himself in his time in college, trying to be a particular kind of edge rusher or trying to emulate somebody that he maybe, you know, thinks very highly of at the next level. I'd be really interested if I ever had an opportunity to speak with him, if that's kind of his perspective. But when I watch certain games, you know, Cal, UCLA, some of his best pass rushing games in 2021, the one thing that is in common, the common thread between all those games is that he was using his speed and his first step as his initial move to set up everything else. And when he's honed in, locked in, on those types of things, that's when you see the kind of potential, that kind of ceiling that makes me feel like he could go number one overall and certainly can end up being the best edge rusher out of this class. So, so when you take stock of his game, Deontay, and you know Thibodeau has the you know explosive first step, he has the speed rush off the edge. When it comes to the next level in terms of his run defense, because it seems like the Lions, as they transition more from, from three down linemen to four down linemen, mm-hmm. does Thibodeau really fit there? Or, or is that something that he would really have to work on at the next level? I would say, I mean, he's not going to be a Jadavian Clowney level of, level of run defender is what I would say on the edge. Um, and I, but I do think that if he can reach just like league average-esque, you know, for, for an edge rusher, especially in a four down front. And for what I know that what I believe the Lions are going to be trying to do with this defense, um, you know, I think that they're going to do something that's going to be a lot more, a lot closer to what like Dennis Allen did with the Saints, right? Which is like the four down stuff, yep. playing a lot of two high shells, you'll, you'll spin down and play cover three when it's needed. But you're using these edge rushers truly to set the edge and allow your linebackers to play slower, flow to the ball, um, et cetera, et cetera. I do think that he can do that job. There's definitely some room for improvement, but it's all like small intricacies. Um, It's not, you know, it's not that he's a minus and I wouldn't say he's a net zero. I just don't think that he's the run defender that Aiden Hutchinson and Trevon Walker are. Um, But if we're using a guy like Trevon Walker as a point of reference, almost everybody is going to look like an unfair example. I know against most guys in the draft, over years, not just in 2022. So uh, I would say that it's adequate, maybe not elite, but he can certainly be an adequate run defender at the next level. Well, let's talk about some of those other guys and, and let's start with Aiden Hutchinson, um, the, the presumed number one pick. And, and I guess right. my, my quick question to you is why is he the presumed number one pick? Um, <laughs> if you would have asked me this a few months ago, I would have said that playing in the big being the best player in the big 10 certainly helps you know from a narrative perspective and that that definitely is you know one of the ingredients in the recipe but if you want to just talk about his bona fides this past year well a he's a multi-year starter at a top tier you know power five school one that I think everybody has a lot of respect for. He's played for great defensive coordinators in Don Brown and Mike McDonald last year. And then finally, I think when he made the position change, you see the explode, you see the explosion in production, right? And when you see that, immediately your first thought is like, okay, this guy has unlocked something. Um, and I think that if you talk about like your floor, what level you're going to be at when you walk into the league, you're going to get a guy who's a great run defender, in my opinion, and a guy who knows who he is as a pass rusher right now, in a way that, in comparison, I would say that Thibodeau is not yet learned of himself. So when you talk, you know, when you talk in terms of like 
what is this guy going to be right now? The day that we put him in our uniform, I can understand why he would be the number one overall pick. He's got really good hands. I think that he does extremely well with this pad level for a guy who measured in at six, seven, which was much taller than I thought that he was um, going into the combine. And then you look at some of his athletic testing, like running a sub seven, three cone at that height and that weight is extremely impressive. Um, You know, the arm length thing that is kind of, you can make of that what you will based on how you feel about the player in your evaluation, but to be sub one, 165 in the 10 yard split to run sub seven seconds in the three cone to have a, you know, a better than 35 inch vertical, you know, and then to put up the production that you see, there's no reason for any, there's no reason for anybody to act like he couldn't be in consideration for number one. Even if he's not my pick, I can 100% look at him and see he's got all the ingredients of what you would look for in an NFL level pass rusher and somebody who can still, I think maybe be a little bit better, even if he doesn't have the ceiling of a Thibodeau or a Walker. And so part of that discussion too, right, is that he might be the safest pick for right. Detroit, right? If he ends up not going one, that the Lions can get a guy who's built in, who who can put his hand in the dirt, who can set the edge, who who can mm-hmm. play that traditional 4-3 uh, defensive end spot. Um, but I, I guess my question is, there's this narrative that kind of exists about him that he's this max effort guy. Like he's, right. he's a guy who doesn't really have the athletic uh, qualities when, you know, you just went over all, all these incredible athletic traits he has. So like, just how high do you think his ceiling is? Because that's the perception that, you know, high floor guy, because he's a max effort dude, but maybe the ceiling isn't quite there. I would say that I think the comp I made when I wrote it, when I wrote it out was Max Crosby. Right. And that's a guy who's basically kind of been between eight and 12 sacks, you know, throughout his career as a young player. And I think that if you get that kind of return out of a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, you have no reason to complain at any point. Right. And, and I think that when you add that on top of who he is as a run defender, which I think, you know, short of Walker, I think that you can make the argument that he's the best run defender on the edge in this draft class outside of Trevon Walker. Um, I think that that's, you know, that makes plenty of, that's plenty of reason to draft a guy in that number one or number two spot. So that's kind of the approach that I'm going with, with him. When we talk about ceiling and being a max effort guy, that certainly exists in his tape, right? You 100% get high levels of energy, high levels of effort. You can definitely tell that the defense kind of went as Aiden Hutchinson dictated that it went. Um, you know, I, so I do think that all of the leadership and intangibles that people have discussed with him is certainly valid. Um, but I don't think that that's an accurate description of his game um, as a whole. When you watch him as a pass rusher, like I said, he knows who he is in terms of how he uses his hands right for a guy who has short arms relative to his height it has not really been a hindrance for him in terms of turning the corner in terms of keeping distance when he needs to making contact with guys I do think that he may run into trouble with your elite tackles guys who do have that high level of length and athleticism you know being able to lock him in I do think that if he goes down the middle of of tackles or does not have a secondary move prepared he can 100% get locked in but does that make him any different than any other pass rusher we see got tj watt gets hung up on that too you know nick bosa can get hung up on that too so i don't want to use that as a reason to disqualify him from being the best prospect in this class i would say that you know as a technician i think that he's just as good as anybody in this class i would say that in run defense you know reiterating that he's certainly right near the top of this class and on effort on leadership and on those intangibles you know you're going to get a guy who steps in the door that's ready to be an adult ready to produce the way that you need him to you're not going to have any trouble with motivating him to be you know the best player that he needs to be so i can 100 percent see you know if you're looking for hey man we just want a guy that we can close our eyes and not have to think about what he's going to be on the edge i would never protest somebody going out to get hutchinson for those reasons 
in, in, in that sense, then the, what is the thing that's kind of limiting and ceiling? I know you, you rank the guys based on potential and you, you said maybe the other two guys have more potential. Um, what is the, what is I guess the thing that, that maybe limits the, the kind of person that, that Aiden Hutchinson can become? I think that, and this is like a very kind of technical in the weeds type of thing. It's just that when, when I look at guys who run like a sub seven, sub seven second three cone, we typically associate that with guys who are like great benders around the edge. You think of miles Garrett, you think of Von Miller, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I just don't see that in his game. Now that's, you know, it's not an insult. The guy is six foot seven and 260 pounds, man. Like it's hard to bend at that size. He's a power forward playing defensive end, you know, for crying out loud. So you want, to be fair to that and i do think that he's got great change of direction ability like that's what i think that his athletic scores reflect is that his agility his ability to use you know varying pad levels in his hands i think that all of that's reflected in his athletic scores it's just like when you think about guys at the top of this sport in terms of rushing off the edge that ability to bend and get around tackles it does kind of require a certain level of you know size and arm length that i don't think that he has access to and for that reason i think that his production will live in that kind of 7 to 11 sack range but you may not get the 15 16 17 sack season unless you know he has one of these ridiculous types of, you know once in a lifetime breakouts i don't see that on the horizon for him. All right, great stuff, Deontay. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Trayvon Walker and maybe some of the other guys in this edge class. So stick with us here on First Bite. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we are back here on First Bite. We're with Deontay Lee uh, from The Athletic, part of their awesome draft team over there. Uh, we, we talked about Aiden Hutchinson. We talked about Kayvon Thibodeau. Let's talk about the third guy in, the, in this trio of edges at the top of the draft, Trayvon Walker. Uh Obviously, I, I think maybe he's one of the most polarizing guys in, in this class just because he has the crazy athletic traits, but not necessarily the production or the experience at the edge. So I guess I, I, my question to you is, you know, in his career in Georgia, he certainly got more uh, opportunities on the edge as his career went on. So did you see <clears throat> development during that time? Did you see him get better as an edge or was it just kind of like still new? to it's, Did he still look like he was new to the position, I guess, by the end of last season? 
I guess the answer to me, and I hate using these because they sound like such elaborate dodges, but the truth is in both. Like, mm. like the answer is yes to both. Did he make growth as an edge rusher? I would certainly say yes, especially in 2021. But if you're really watching him and not only evaluating him individually, but in relation to the other edges in this class, he does still look like maybe the newest to the spot, you know, that we see. And, you know, this is just kind of a general takeaway and really not even particular to Trevon Walker, but, you know, the draft season and the off season in general will put you in positions where you have to use cooling language on guys that you actually really like because the <laughs> conversations on them, I think kind of get out of hand a bit. And that's exactly where I'm at with Walker, which is like, I, I really have to be measured in how I analyze them because I don't want to sound like the biggest wet blanket in the world. But I also <laughs> want to get across the fact that yeah. I personally don't really see what everybody else in the league or around the league media that has access to these GMs, scouts, et cetera, et cetera, what they see. And that's kind of where I'm at. I, I do think that he's an intriguing prospect. I just would have, you could have not have convinced me at any point prior to him running that four five one at the combine that anybody would be considering him, you know, in the top five, let alone people saying that he should be drafted ahead of Kayvon Thibodeau and, and maybe contending for number one overall prior to, I think what everybody assumes to, you know, be Jacksonville picking Aiden Hutchinson. Right. And, and so part of that too, Deontay, like we can't ignore the idea that, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people are getting enamored with the fact of his versatility, right? right. And you talk, you, you talk about in your article at great length, you know, from a three tech to a nine tech, like, I mean, Trayvon Walker's lining up all over the place. Um, do you see, and I specifically think you mentioned too, like, you know, on third downs, he might kick inside and pick on guards and centers uh, in an ideal situation, maybe. But do you see maybe that versatility being something that's keeping him from entering the conversation with the ones and twos because he does, he isn't that elite edge rusher? Well, I think that it kind of comes down to that conversation of being a jack of all trades, meaning that you're kind of a master of none. And none, right. That, yep. Yeah. And that, that's where I think that he's kind of at right now. And again, like it makes it sound pejorative, even though it's not, because I think that he's an excellent prospect. Right. Like it's just that when I'm watching him, you know, relative to these other two guys in, in Thibodeau and Hutchinson as a pass rusher, particularly, it's just not close, in my opinion. It's just not close. It doesn't mean that he can never get there, but I can't sit and watch this film and pretend as though what he's doing in terms of pass rush moves, which is a lot of just like pocket crushing or trying to get late pressure, clean up pressures. And there's a lot of that that's kind of baked into Georgia's defense because they ran a lot of stunts, obviously between Channing Tindall, Quay Walker and Nicobe Dean, who might all be, you know, might be one, two and three in terms of the three best linebackers in this class. Right. I, I don't want to hold it against them that Georgia's defense was best served to use those guys as blitz and trying to use the defensive line to kind of open up space for those guys. So I, I don't want to hold that against him too much. But if I if I have to evaluate what I'm seeing, I don't see a guy right now that's prepared to be an NFL level pass rusher, especially not out on the edge. You, you kind of stepped on my next co next question, but I'll, I'll, I'll kind of ask it anyways. But mm -hmm. obviously, a, a lot of the counter arguments that, that we're hearing in favor of Trayvon Walker is Georgia, it wasn't his assignment to, to, right. to pass rush as aggressively as, as it was. Is that something that you, you buy into, or are you kind of just looking at the opportunities where it's clear that he is the pass rusher in these, in these reps and, and he's just not getting it done as, as consistently as the other guys? I do think schematically it's fair to say that none of their defensive linemen were really tasked with being dominant pass rushers or asked to do that. I do think that that's a very fair assessment. Um, I, 
the only issue I have with that is, okay, so again, this just comes back to all we can evaluate is what we see. Yeah. We can make whatever projections we want off of that. But if you, if you were to profile a guy to me, who's six, five, 270 pounds, runs a four five, but is really only been kind of average in terms of like his pressure rate, his pass rush win rate. You know, if you follow those kind of stats from pro football focus and things like that, if I were to show you that kind of player and then I tell you in, in description that, well, if you draft this guy, he's probably somebody you can play on the edge on first and second down. But if you really want to get great value out of him, you got to kick him inside on third down. I don't think anybody would turn around and say that that's a guy you want to draft in the top five. Now, does that mean that he's not valuable? No. But there are a lot of guys in the NFL who play the edge rusher position whose best value is turning him into a three technique or using these exotic fronts to try to manufacture pressure. You shouldn't have to manufacture pressure for an edge rusher that you're considering picking in the top five, top three, top ten, really top half of the first round, right? You want guys, again, that you can turn your back on and say he's going to get after the quarterback one way or another. He has a method to to his pass rush that will allow him to access, you know, those high pressure rates that you need to see at a valuable position like that. I just can't imagine putting spending a five-year contract and a high-level draft pick on a guy that you can't guarantee can at least be at a league average level um, in terms of pass rush and, and pressures and things like that. So, I mean, the Lions, though, I, I think, Deontay, they're, they're, they're really confident in their coaching staff, right? Like, they believe right. that they have the right group of guys there, that they can coach up guys. I mean, they're bringing back players, right? They're bringing back Charles Harris after he right. has a breakout season. They're bringing back Tracy Walker after he's shown, you know, some real flashes of, of high-level productivity. How far off do you think Walker is from a technical standpoint of maybe developing into that edge rusher? Or do you think that maybe – you know, those, those elite numbers that you would associate with, you know, the guys that you spoke about before, you know, 15, 16, 17 sacks, like, do you think maybe that might just not be in the cards for Trayvon Walker? Where I stand right now, I, I can't assume, I, I'm not comfortable projecting out that he can access that high elite pro all pro level of pass rush production. I just don't see enough in what he does to say that. I do think Ultimately, success for me in terms of him as a pat in terms of him as an edge defender is going to be, hey, this might this might be a guy that could legitimately turn out to be the best run defender in the NFL by the end of his rookie contract. That's how highly I think of him as a, as a run defender. And then from there, it's like, can you get him to seven sacks, seven and a half sacks, eight sacks, maybe nine sacks if you're really having a good year? Again, does that sound like a top three top pick? five pick? Yeah, no, I hear you. Maybe yeah. like maybe again, <laughs> yeah. it, it depends on how willing you are to stretch, you know, stretch your own logic out on what you believe a pass rusher's value to be or an edge defender's value to be in general. Um, the one thing that I will say, and this kind of lends to um, his value, in my opinion, especially for a team like Detroit. Um, because he's so versatile, you can put him anywhere that does open up the door for you to do so much within your defense. And I don't want to act like that does not matter um, because I do think that his comfort in playing a three, playing a three technique, not only playing a three technique, but being 270 pounds, which tells me he can do it at the NFL level. If you need him to, um, you know, having that four or five, you know, sub 1.65, 10 yard split, sub seven second, three cone, you can see the silhouette of just like this amazing edge rusher, Please don't get me wrong in my analysis of him. It's just like, 
I can only go off of the skills that you show on tape, not just what you do at the combine and the skills that he shows on tape shows that maybe he can be one of those pocket crusher, high effort, high energy, like all the things that we say about Hutchinson as a player, I think might apply a little bit more aptly to Walker as an edge rusher in terms of being like a max effort, high energy type of guy. And again, if that was all that Aiden Hutchinson was, I wouldn't consider him a top five pick, which is why I don't really consider Walker in that discussion either. Um, I, I don't think that that means that he's not a first round draft pick. I just don't see him, you know, in the same kind of class that we hold Hutchinson and Thibodeau. I think he's much closer to your Nick Benitos, um, your David Ojabos, um, et cetera, et cetera. Those guys who are in that second tier who maybe turn out to be good pass rushers, but maybe bring something a little bit different to the table. And maybe you hope that you can develop what they lack later on in their career. That, that dovetails Jeremy. perfectly in, into <laughs> what I was going to ask, and, and it'll be our last question for you, is, is you know, the Lions are in a position where they, they might not even take an edge. They, they might decide to go safety with Kyle Hamilton. Maybe they yes. go wild and, and get a quarterback. Um, but edge is still a big need. So how how much of a, of a drop-off is there between that second tier? Like Jermaine Johnson is a guy who's starting to get top 10 hype. Um, obviously that, that would be more uh, probably an opportunity if the Lions trade back. So I guess right. if the Lions pass on edge, how much are they really giving up if, if they go for that second period either at the bottom of the, the first round or if there's a trade scenario sometime there in the first? To me, if they decide to trade back or do something else with, with their pick, um, I, I think if you were to leave the draft with maybe a George Karlaftis mm-hmm. uh, or a Jermaine Johnson, that's reason to be happy. I do think that maybe when you start getting to like the Boye Mafe, um, Evaketti, who I think is a good player, but you know, not, I, I don't know if he'll be a top, top tier pass rusher. You talk about like guys like that, that would be like, hey man, if we end up getting guys like that in the second, third round, they can fill a spot if you have a, a hole at a position, but you're not going to get top tier, um, top tier production from them, I don't believe. I think Carl Aftis is a steal guy. If you have one on your board where it's like, hey, if we trade back and this guy is available, you know, in the mid, mid first round, the late first round-ish area, or he seems like he's sliding past where we have him projected, that's a guy you can draft if you don't get, you know, a Thibodeau or a Hutchinson and feel like it's still a win in terms of addressing the edge rusher position. That's Deontay Lee. You can follow me at Deontay Lee FB on Twitter. Uh, anything you else you want to plug? Um, I'm, there's always an athletic deal going on. Do you, do you have one of those in your back pocket right now? They have. <laughs> I think I'm a little too new for them to have shared all the little, you know, uh, promo codes <laughs> and, and deals with yet. Um, but I will say certainly um, check us out at the athletic, you know, I'll kind of plug all the guys who, who are part of the team, Nick Baumgartner, who I have a high level of respect for in his analysis, Dan Brugler, who everybody in football, especially around the draft should be familiar with does some of the best work that we have um, out here. Yes. <laughs> to say the beasts are coming soon uh, so definitely you know tune in tune in uh be tuned into the athletic for that obviously you have you know me and nate tice i think the nate is going to do some excellent work with offensive guys and in the draft overall i do the same thing on the defensive end and approaching the draft you know from an overall perspective through that lens so there's a lot to look for you know we're also going to be you know doing a little bit more than just what's in the nfl draft so please keep your eyes peeled and see kind of how this thing grows you know a lot of the conversations we're having right now is you know what more can we do beyond just talking about the draft and some of the things that I've heard thrown around, I think is going to open up the door for some great, you know, great analysis of this sport that we all love. And uh, I'm looking forward to being a part of it. So please keep your eyes open for that. And like they said, follow me on Twitter, Deontay Lee FB. Perfect, man. Thank you for, for some great insight on this uh, conundrum the lines are facing. And, and yeah, I'm going to be following you and all the athletics, awesome content throughout draft year, throughout the, the regular year. And I really do appreciate your, your 30 minutes here with us. Oh man, no problem. Thank you guys. You guys have a good one.
All right, you yeah, too. You Thank you all, all right. for watching. We'll be back with the main podcast on Monday uh, nights, and uh, we will see you soon. Thanks for watching. It's chaos. Be kind. <laughs>